Good morning. Good to see you all. Uh, today's uh, scripture passage is First uh, John chapter one, verses four one through four. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Uh, this morning, uh, we are continuing in the series on our new vision. Uh, last Sunday, uh, Pastor Adrian preached on reaching out, the first part of our vision statement. We looked at what God is already doing in our neighborhood. The demographics of our city and our country has dramatically changed, and the trend continues. More and more people have been moving into our city from all over the world. And there are now over 240 ethnicities represented in Calgary. Each one of us, each one of them, saw marriage to the Lord, and his heart goes out to them because he loves them as much as he loves you and me. He's already working in their heart, in their lives, and inviting us to join his work in our neighborhood. Then our next question would be, what do we need to do as a church so that the Lord can use us to draw them to himself? Where should we start from? How can you do differently to become a new mosaic community that diverse neighbors would love to come and join and do life together. So today, uh, we are going to focus on joining in the second part of our vision statement and think about the answers to those questions. Uh, let me read that part to refresh your memory. Drawing, drawing in with creative, heartfelt worship to God and through authentic and empowering ministries, we will create room for all. Basically, what this vision statement is saying is creating room for everyone in our worship and ministries is a key to draw people in. We work together to discern God's call for our church and approve this vision statement. That means we kind of know what draw people in. There is room for all. We noted that our ministry environment has changed as the Lord continues to bring diverse people 
to our neighborhood. So we want to intentionally create a great community for everyone where all are welcome, accepted, valued, respected, and can do life together in love, regardless of their ethnicity, age, gender, socioeconomic status, or other backgrounds. We call it a mosaic community, and it is quite new to us. So you may need to see differently and do differently to move towards our new vision. We love to invite people to our church community and our ministries. We do that with good intentions. But when there is no room for diverse neighbors, only those who have the same cultural background may stay. So we are disappointed and wondering why they don't settle in this great community and why this good ministry doesn't work for them. We may ask, we may want to ask ourselves, wasn't I kind enough? Did, did I make a mistake? I can say, you did well faithfully. That wasn't your fault. What they needed was their, their own community and room. It's not difficult to understand. When, you, uh, when young adults came to our church, if there is no young adult community, it is not easy for them to find sense of belonging. When people with different cultural backgrounds come to a church, if everything is done in a particular cultural way, it is, it is hard for them to stay there more than several months. Again, what they need is their own community and room. Many psychologists said we have four great needs as human beings. All of them have to do with our relationship with others. They are to love, to be loved, to be accepted, and to be respected. These fundamental human needs are related to a sense of belonging. When people don't feel loved or accepted, they cannot stay. When people don't feel valued or respected, they do not stay. We all have the same needs as human beings and feel the same way. Creating room means helping people with diverse background meet their fundamental human needs in their cultural context. You are here at River Park Church. You may have some good reasons for that. Whether you are aware of it or not, one of the reasons is that you have your room in your, control, in your cultural context here at River Park Church. Because no one can have a sense of belonging without room. When you see guests 
or newcomers with different cultural backgrounds, please be reminded that there is no room for them in our community until you take actions to work with them to create room. They have fundamental human needs in their cultural context, as we do. Would you be willing to give your hands to those who want to be part of our church? Drawing in requires us to do differently than the way we have done. Then what types of room we need to create to draw people in? I'm going to dig a bit deeper about room. Firstly, creating room in church ministries. In this sermon series, uh, Pastor Adrian talked about mosaic youth ministry as an example to explain what room would look like in a ministry and how we can create cultural common grounds. So I'm not going to talk more about room in ministries. But one thing I need to mention is that each ministry has its own nature and course. And there are various ways to create room according to its status. We will have a chance to talk about the details at another time. Secondly, creating room for guests. When you say diverse people, we mean people with different ethnicities, age, gender, socioeconomic status, or other backgrounds. But regardless of those differences, there is another big distinctive group that needs their room, their guests, who are looking for answers for life or their home church. Tom Rayner, the president of Lightway Christian Resources, conducted surveys on welcoming issues at many churches. Most members loved their church and thought that their church was friendly and great. But when guests were asked about their experience visiting churches, in many cases, their response was quite different than members' expectation. He asked unhappy guests why they did not return to a particular church. I'm going to share two out of the top 10 uh, responses. One response is the stand and greet time in Sunday services was unfriendly and awkward. The other one is insider church language. Let's think about the first one. Stand and greet time means that it is a time when church members are supposed, supposed to greet one another in worship services. Many, church, many churches love this stand and greet time. We are not supposed to do it now due to this pandemic, but we also have this tradition. In his book, uh, Tom shared the result of his surveys on this uh, tradition. Nine out of 10 guests 
do not like this stand and greet time in church services. From a member's perspective, it is really hard to understand this response, right? Then what is the perspective of guest on this tradition? First, some guests just felt awkward with their exercise. It seems to be a ritual more for members than guests. That may be understandable when uh, we are reminded that everybody has different personalities and even some guests are not Christians. And second, a member of guests, a number of guests didn't mind the standard greet time, but they felt left out during the welcome. Of course, uh, members greeted the guest, but the, greet, the greetings seemed artificial because they never said a word to the guest until their pastor asked them to do. And they just left after the service without saying a word. In this case, the standard greet time does more harm than good and become a reason for guests not to return. Now let's look at the second one, insider church language. It is an, another reason for guests not to return to a church. They listen to announcement, prayers, or words used in the service. But many of them were relevant only to members and understood by members. There was not much consideration for guests who did not know what was, what was happening, who's who, and the language of the church. Everything was for members. And guests said much of the church's language was foreign to them. Actually, there are many more issues addressed by guests. I'm not saying that we need to stop the stand and greet tradition or uh, we should change our words for guests right away. Of course, we should have time to understand those issues and find some ways to improve or change. My point is that we need to create room for guests to grow as a welcoming mosaic church. We should also keep in mind that the perspective of church members and guests are very different. Unless we shift our focus from ourselves as members to guests, we may become clueless as to what our guests are thinking and experiencing. Thirdly, creating room in our minds for diverse people. How do we know we are drawing people in successfully? We usually see the number of Sunday service attenders as an indicator. It is a good indicator. But in case of a mosaic church, 
it may be different. A mosaic church has various cultural groups, and due to its nature, it is strong at outreach and evangelism. Mosaic church often spend lots of time on interacting with neighbors and enjoying relationship with them. It provides members and neighbors with various opportunities, as, uh, such as uh, private or social gatherings, fellowship events, outreach programs, or community events. Sometimes the number of neighbors they are meeting during the weekdays is bigger than the number of Sunday worship attenders. The Lord is already working in their lives and draw them to his church at his time. Drawing in will happen in our day-to-day -day life and everywhere. Then my question is, do you have room in your mind that diverse neighbors can meet you and start a conversation with you? As you work together to create a mosaic community, you'll have a chances to work with our diverse neighbors or to meet our neighbors at various places. We and our neighbors all live in this city. Our neighbors have knowledge and experiences of cultures here, but we don't know much about their cultures. They have a room in their minds to meet us, but we may not have room in our minds to meet them. Creating room in mind, in other words, improving our cultural competence, will help us to enjoy the relationship with diverse neighbors. And the Lord may use the relationship to draw them to himself. There are more types of room on the list that we should learn about and create later, but I think it is too much to talk about all of them here. We will have a chance to learn about uh, them later. Now, here is the last big question. If we create all the necessary room for diverse neighbors and guests, would people be drawn to our community? Drawing in is all about room. Let's think about the standard greet time again. Even though guests were greeted by members, that just seemed artificial to the guest. Members didn't say anything before the time and left after service without saying a word. While a greeting tradition itself is good, but when it is not done out of love, it hurts them and becomes a reason for guests not to return. When you love someone, it is hard to hide it because you have changed deep within your heart. Your love will be revealed 
through your word and actions, regardless of your intentions. It will be expressed and shown in many ways. We can quickly, quickly notice a big change when your friends fall in love with someone. When we approach the vision, we can create all necessary room for diverse members, neighbors, and guests. We can develop great programs and events for them. We can meet friends more often in our neighborhood. When you are asked, why are you doing that? If you are thinking about drawing people in, our work may not work. If you are thinking about love for them, our work may be blessed because people can see the love of Christ in you and in the room that you created. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, On this rock, I will build my church. And Ephesians 1, 22, 23 says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be heard, to be had over everything for, church, for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Church is Christ. It is not ours. It is the head. He is the head of the church. We do not create a community that we want. We create a community that the Lord wants. We are his body who are passionate about living like Christ. What neighbors need to see and experience is Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can transform people's heart and draw them to his body. Drawing in is not merely about creating room or programs or events or some strategies. People need to experience the love of Christ and to meet Christ in there. Then they will draw to the Lord. In Matthew 7, 12, Jesus said, So in everything, do to others what you have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. When you see diverse neighbors, ask yourself, if you were in a church with a different culture, what would you have them do to you? When you see a guest, ask yourself, if you visited a church as a guest with no idea about the church, what would you have them do to you? When you see a people who speak English as a second language, 
Ask yourself, if you were in a church that speaks a different language, what would you have them do to you? The Lord teaches us that this is how you, how you should love and serve your neighbors. This is a command that we should keep in mind as we create room for our neighbors. Originally, the love was not from us. It was from the Lord. And his love, the love is not about us, but others, about others. That is a love that saved us and will save this world until the last day. There is a love that our neighbors need. The first disciples of Christ had seen Jesus with their eyes and had touched him with their hands. They proclaimed to us what they experienced so that we may also have fellowship with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ, as they did. When this genuine love is our true motive in all we all that we do, our neighbors may also be able to see and touch Jesus in our Mosaic community and to have fellowship with the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ. That would be our biggest joy as his church. Before I close this, I'd like to show you a picture. Many of you may be, may be familiar with the picture because we have it on the wall in our church office area. As you can see, they are celebrating the Lord's Supper together. We see men and women different generations, different skin colors, and different cultures. We also see a person who needs a wheelchair. They all keep their God-given identity and unique beauty, yet they have fellowship with one another as one family in the Lord, celebrating who God is and who they are in the Lord. Do you see beautiful Christ in the beautiful community? I pray that the mosaic community we are going to create would be like this. And our neighbors can see, also see and touch beautiful Christ in our community. We will have online Thanksgiving service tomorrow and praise the Lord for his goodness and blessings. Our life is full of his blessings. But if we were, if we were to choose one thing, we are most, 
we are most thankful, grateful for. It will be our fellowship with him and his presence in our lives. Our Lord wants to bless our neighbors through our Mosaic community so that they may also have a fellowship with him and his loving presence in their lives. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for our new vision. Thank you for our fellowship with you and your presence in our lives. Let us grow as a mosaic community for everyone, which which our neighbors would love to come and join us and do life together with us. Help us do everything in love, and they may see you and be drawn to you. Lord, continue to work with us and guide us as we work together toward our new vision. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.